Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. Isaiah chapter 26. I want to read a few verses of scripture there. Isaiah chapter 46, and I'll begin reading there with verse 1. In that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. Open ye the gates that the righteous nation shall, or which keepeth the truth, may enter in. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. I want you to notice here at the very first of this passage, it says, In that day shall this song be sang in the land of Judah, And then, that is really an introduction to this song, and the song begins, We Have a Strong City. And so I want to use as a subject for the next few moments, as I preach to you this morning, a song about a strong city. A song about a strong city. This passage from Isaiah 26 is a song that has been written. It isn't a song for a passing moment. It wasn't written on the inspiration of a whim or because of some temporal conquest that had been won. No, this song was not written on impulse. It was not lyrics or just a line from the imaginative mind of a musician or a poet. But this song was prophetic in nature. And it was spoke in giving a future hope to the people that it was directed toward at that time and by extension you and I. This song was meant to be meditated upon. And it was a song that was to be sang over and over again. It says, we have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. Now, during warfare, an enemy advances, of course, quickly across open territory. The thing that always checked enemies up was the fact that there were walled and fenced cities, especially during medieval times and ancient times. And many of those cities were what we would call today city-states. They were surrounded by walls and moats. They had barriers, both natural and man-built, to protect them. The inhabitants of these city-states found security. They found safety. They found solace inside those walls. They felt protected. Sadly, peasants who often lived around uh, and in the open country did not have the protection of a city. However, 
if they happen to be positioned near one of these city-states, if the warning was sounded soon enough, they could race and run into that city and find protection. This city would shield them and shelter them from the enemy's attack. So in our text, the prophet Isaiah is telling Judah of what is to come, that a city will be built among you, and with that construction, there will be a song sang throughout Judah. We have a strong city. This is going to instill confidence. This would offer hope. This would inspire faith. This would bring security to all that heard it. But as I read this text, I realize that this song belongs to us also. This song about a strong city belongs to God's people in any age and at any time. In fact, we can look at it even with greater appreciation than perhaps those that lived in the time that it was written because they viewed it entirely from a physical standpoint. But you and I understand that it's more than just physical protection. We understand that it offers more than just physical advantages. But there's also spiritual advantages of being a part and a citizen of this city of God. We understand that this city in the Old Testament is a foreshadowing of the church in the New Testament. We have a strong city. And the Bible describes this city in various ways. Jesus described the church in Matthew chapter number 5 and verse 15 as a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Meaning the church was never meant to be obscure. The church was never meant to be inaccessible. Rather, it is to be elevated and easy to see for a dark world that is in need of hope. The psalmist uses his mastery of music and melody to describe a strong city. And I want you to again keep in mind that these are examples to us of the church which was to come. These writers, though they did not understand fully all of what they were writing about, they were moved on by the Holy Ghost to write about something that was coming under the new covenant, the church and the kingdom of God in its fulfillment. And so in Psalms 46 we read, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God shall help her and that right early. He goes on in his description of this strong city. In chapter 48 or Psalms 48 it says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God. 
in the mountain of His holiness. In other words, there's no greater place to praise God from than as being a part of the church. There's no one that has a greater perspective to praise God from than those that are a part of the church. He goes on in verse 2 and says, Beautiful for situation. Can I tell you the church should be strategically placed in our lives so that no matter what the situation is, we can find strength, we can find help, and we can find peace within the church. Later in verse 2 it says, The joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion. Can I tell you that true joy, lasting joy, is found in the church. Everything else is temporal. Everything else is subject to circumstances. But true joy is found in the church. Verse 3, he goes on and says, God is known in her palaces. Can I tell you that the church is still the vehicle that God has chose to reveal himself. It's how we come to know him. It's how we learn of him. It's how we learn what pleases him. It's how we learn what brings him pleasure. It's how we learn how to properly live for God. We find out who he is through the vehicle called the church. And then in verse 8 it says, As we have heard, so have we seen in the city of the Lord. This isn't just a sham, in other words. This isn't just empty words or just idle talk with no real substance. You know, so much of this world and what it offers, it leaves you feeling disappointed. It leaves you feeling empty when it's all over. It leaves you let down. It oversells and underdelivers. But that's not so with the church. That's not so with this strong city that the psalmist is referring to. He said, as we have heard, so have we seen. Can I tell you that's the way it is in living for God? You could have heard for years how wonderful it is to serve the Lord. You could have heard somebody in their attempt to describe how beautiful receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost is. Someone could try in their best efforts to articulate just how great it is to be able to know peace that passeth all understanding and joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. But at the end of the day, no amount of words that we could use in the English language to describe could ever properly articulate just how wonderful and how great it is to serve the Lord. As we have heard, so have we seen in the city of our Lord. If anything, we are pleasantly surprised when we come to the Lord and we begin to serve Him. We see an example of this in 1 Kings chapter number 10 with the Queen of Sheba. The Bible says, And when the Queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, she came. And when the Queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom and the house that he had built and the meat of his table and the setting of his servants and the attendance of his ministers and their apparel, 
and his cupbearers and his ascent by which he went up into the house of the Lord. There was no spirit in her. There was no more spirit in her. In other words, it literally took her breath away. And she said to the king, It was a true report that I heard in mine own land of the acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit, I believed not the words until I came, and mine eyes had seen it. And behold, the half was not told me. Can I tell you that's a perfect description of what it's like to come to the house of God and experience the presence of the Lord. That's exactly what it's like when you make entrance into the body of Christ, into the church. You will say with the rest of us, the half was not told me. I can't even begin to describe how awesome it is to live for God. I can't even begin to tell you just how incredible the experience of the Holy Ghost is. I can't even begin to, in my feeble attempts at preaching this morning, to tell you what a wonderful thing it is to know the truth and have a revelation of who God is and to be one of His children. Isaiah describes what the strong city offers to us in this text referring to the passage that I read to you from this morning in verse 1 it says salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks this is a place where you can be saved coming into the body of Christ which we know that we're born into offers us salvation which by extension offers us a hope beyond this world and in these times we're realizing more now than ever that we need a hope beyond just what we see here and if we didn't we can identify with what the apostle paul said we would be above all men most miserable verse number two says open ye the gates after the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. The strong city is open to all who sincerely desire to serve God. Those that desire to turn from unrighteousness and repent of their sins, obey the truth of God's Word, the gospel of Jesus Christ. God doesn't make it difficult to enter in to this strong city. But he said the gates are open. I want you to find me accessible. I'm here and willing to forgive. I'm here and willing to offer hope. I'm here. I'm willing to save. And then in verse 3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. I thought about the current conditions of our world. People are struggling. With little or no peace of mind. The future is uncertain. People have questions about what comes next. So much instability in our world and fear is causing men's hearts to fail them. But for those that have found the strong city, for those of us that are part of the church, 
there is perfect peace. In this text, it talks about how that he will offer us perfect peace. And that word perfect in the original text is just another word for peace. So in other words, when the writer originally wrote this, he was offering a double consolation to you and I. Peace, peace. I want to reassure you. I want you to understand that this is peace that you can count on. This is peace that comes from God. This is peace that I want to underscore to you that is not like any that you've experienced in this world. Peace we know in this life can be subject to men and their decisions and choices. Subject to economy and its rising and its falling. Subject to conditions like world pandemics. But the peace of God is stable and can be counted upon. And that's why the Bible says that it's peace that passeth all understanding. We have walls that defend us. We have bulwarks that protect us. And like many of you, I've heard a lot of talk lately about folks losing their minds or being attacked in their minds by worry. Attacked by anxiety, attacked by depression or despondency or attacked by doubts. Well, this too is addressed in our text. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth thee. In other words, when his will is totally relinquished to the will of God and you trust in him... There's peace in that because you know that he controls the future. You know that he has your tomorrow. You know that he's going to protect and provide for you. There's peace in that. Those that know him are not going to lose their minds because they know they trust and have confidence in God. What a blessing. What an incredible opportunity that you and I have. The gates are open. Amen. The opportunity has been afforded. If you are not a partaker of what God has appointed, or what God has provided, what He's offered to you, how sad. How sad that there should be a Savior and someone should be without Him. How sad that there should be a cleansing fountain and one should remain unclean. How sad that there should be a father's love and one should remain in a far country. How sad that there should be the baptism of the Holy Ghost and one should remain with a feeling of emptiness. How sad that there should be truth and one should choose to be deceived. How sad that there should be righteousness, justification, and sanctification and one should remain a sinner. How sad that there should be a church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against and one should not be in it. And as our musicians come, how sad that there should be a Canaan's land, a land that flows with milk and honey, and one should remain in Egypt eating 
onions, leeks, and garlic. How sad that there should be a heaven with walls of jasper, gates of pearl, streets of gold, a tree of life, a river of life, and one should go to hell. How sad. Can I tell you, friends, that the gate is open. The opportunity has been afforded. God gives everybody. The Bible says time and chance happeneth to them all. It also tells us that today, today is the day of salvation. And now is the appointed time. No reason to procrastinate. No reason to put it off. If you've had restlessness and lack of peace and it's been a long time since you felt joy and real satisfaction in your soul. You don't have to live another day like that. Can I tell you the gates are open. Peace has been afforded. Salvation are the walls and the bulwarks of this city. He is going to keep us in His care and we're going to be able to focus and keep our minds stayed upon Him and not Surrender them to worry and doubt and fear and unbelief like so much of the world is during this time. Can I tell you that you can enter in, you can be a part, you can experience this glorious truth. It's been afforded to everybody. God bless you. Thank you for connecting today. And I would like for you to know that we're praying for you. And if you have a need, feel free to call this church. 903-794-6201 is our church office number. Our church address is 2905 Texas Boulevard, Texarkana, Texas. We'd be happy to pray with you, give you spiritual guidance, whatever it is that you have need of. God bless you in Jesus' name as they begin to sing. Let's ponder this in our hearts and receive it into our spirit. And let the Lord help us today.